podcast one production. Created for expectant parents, new mums, new grandparents, or women thinking about becoming pregnant. This series guides you through the highs and lows of pregnancy, giving birth, and the complexities of parenting. Welcome to Birth, Baby and Beyond with midwife Kath Curtin. Midwife Kath. Hello, Brooke. We're talking surrogacy. Mm. And, you know, really great topic to talk about because not a lot of people know what to do or where to go if they are faced with, you know, the issue of not being able to have a child and to look at surrogacy. It seems like people have a lot of anxiety around it because they don't know where to go. So I've been really lucky to meet the most fabulous couple, Katie and Tom, and their amazing story. When I met them, I'm like... I'm very rarely speechless, but I was speechless with their incredible story, their strength, their courage, what they they had been through, and they didn't have a lot of information. So it's really nice to be able to share some contemporary information to to the audience. Absolutely, 100%. Kath, where where did you actually first encounter Katie and Tom? Well, they came to see me in my private consultation rooms. I saw they didn't have a baby and I saw she wasn't pregnant and I'm like, oh, this is interesting. <laughs> and um, we all sat down and then they they told me their story and it was about talking about parenting and then, um, then we met uh, another time to go and um, see Bridie, you know, Bridie who was in. Yes. And um, Bridie was, you know, really great with little Hazel and just we bathed her and, um, took, you know, showed how changing nappies and rapid doing cat's wrap. And then Katie had a very big cuddle of Hazel. And um, so it was really just, you know, talking about, you know, a newborn and, and because it's it's difficult as it is. Absolutely. Yeah. Katie and Tom, um, what, what do you remember about that process when you first met Kath, can you take us back there where, where you were at at that moment? So we met Kath uh, about six to eight weeks before we left Australia um, to go over to Kiev to have our baby because our baby was actually born through surrogacy in Ukraine. Um, and given that it's a country that doesn't speak English and we don't actually speak Ukrainian or Russian and we were going to be there without our friends and family who would, would often be, my mum would often be, or Tom's mum, our support in the time of a newborn baby and I'd heard Kath on a number of podcasts and every time I Googled advice about babies, Kath would come up and knew she was in Melbourne as were we and I thought it'd be a good idea to just go in and see her and um, I'm glad she could tell I wasn't actually pregnant at the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, Easy. <laughs> a lot of stress eating in the lead up to it um, and just thought it'd be really handy to just say, okay, what actually happens in a delivery room and mm. what should we expect um, in the first few days when we meet our baby and, and feeding our baby and how on earth do we swaddle a baby? Um, oh. Grows at swaddling a baby. And that's, that's what everyone feels, you know, when they're about to have a baby. But, Tom, take us back before Raph was conceived and you'd had a good few years of trying for pregnancy. Yeah, so about nine years ago um, we obviously got married and tried to... Have a baby, and uh, you know we tried every avenue that we could think of. Went through the whole IVF cycle, 
cycles, I should say. Mm, how many times? Um, I, I stopped counting at oh, 15. Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. Um, that is so stressful. Katie isn't? can probably, she probably has all the stats. Approximately 25 cycles <gasps> with all the different oh, scenarios of Katie. eggs and yes, okay, yeah, so, sperm and embryos and treatments. Yeah, so I stopped at 15. So, yeah, 20, 25 goes. Um, none of those were successful. And, um, you know, we went down and looked at, you know, different uh, avenues to have our own child as well as maybe adopt a child. And we went through lots of programs and lots of counselling and all that counselling was was amazing. You know, I'd recommend it for any new parent or expectant parent to just go in and sit on those counselling sessions because, you know, trying to foster or adopt yeah. a child, it's, it's so difficult just uh, as an Australian to... And because the laws are really selected. stringent, aren't oh, they? Oh, wow. the, in yeah, terms yeah. of adoption, yeah, really, Absolutely. and they vary Absolutely. from state to state. Is that still correct? It was, yeah, they do. Yep. So um, we live in Melbourne, but neither of us are from Melbourne. So we actually looked at um, legislation in three different states, um, um, and it's yeah, it's a lot of inconsistency, and that, and it's constantly changing as well. The counselling that you were talking about there, Tom, is, is was that compulsory for you as you went through each of these avenues looking for different ways of perhaps starting your family or was it something that you... You'd... No, it's uh, definitely, yeah, compulsory. Um, it's it's forced on all new parents uh, that, that want to adopt or foster. And especially uh, if you'd had 25 goes of that, I mean, it, it, it must put some strain on your relationship and... Just yeah, there, there are you know lots of there's always frustrations, frustrations in, yeah, in, anxiety, in, in life, yeah. and um, you know little hurdles were thrown at us, and you know over the years we've learnt to dodge those hurdles or leap really high to, to jump over those hurdles, and you know it's just a process. That's great. Uh, yeah, it's just a process that you have to go through, and uh, you know tick the boxes, and once the boxes are ticked, then hopefully at the end of it you get a. A beautiful child. Yeah. How did you end up with the surrogacy channel? Was it you decided against adoption that you would like to try surrogacy? How did you end up there? We went down multiple paths and had a lot of parallel opportunities p- to pursue. But there is a there is another law that um, when you're going down the foster or adoption is that you must have stopped IVF, mm. the IVF cycle, and the um, so we actually you know stopped that and went down that path and then. Fortuitously, one of one of our really amazing friends offered to to be a surrogate. The uh, amazing amazingness of this uh, beautiful lady to, to offer to help us to try and have our own baby is uh, yeah it was you know mind boggling and, yeah. and amazing yeah yeah that wasn't successful no no, no we had uh, we had yeah, one go yeah um, two two goes oh, two sorry yeah. Yeah. yeah the first first go was a transfer that that yeah. didn't take and then the second go. Unfortunately, our last embryo didn't thaw um, properly, and so we had to abort. Yeah, that was so, the most shocking, shocking feeling. Oh. Yeah, after all the other cycles oh, we'd had, we'd dear. never had a scenario where an embryo didn't thaw. So it's like we were in That's quite a bit of shock about that. Because the um, surrogacy in Australia took quite a long time. In addition to the counselling that's mandated, there's also you see psychologists separately and together, and with our surrogate friend. And we, everyone has to see lawyers separately and you actually in Victoria need to go and get approval to pr- um, proceed with the scenario. It's so were you doing this off your own bat or did you have guidance or was there someone here to direct you? Like what would someone do if they're in Melbourne and they wanted, or Australia, sorry, and they, they wanted to try in Australia, in Australia for a surrogate? Um, well, for us it 
as Tom said, a friend of ours came to us and mm. and offered to do this so generous thing for us. So that's what really started us looking into it. And then when she offered, we spoke with um, our fertility clinic um, who had experience with other patients of theirs and they helped guide us through it. It's sort of hard to know thinking back because that process took two years because of all the the oh requirements for the, the health side and the counselling side and the approval side. It took a lot longer than, than any of the three of us thought it actually would. And was there an age barrier with... Oh, is there an age barrier? We uh, I think there is, but we were all under it at the time. I, I, yeah. I have I a feeling a, maybe 45. No, I don't think there's an age barrier. I think it's more of a, you know, humans as they get older, the, the likelihood of success yeah, um, decreases. So yeah, when, sure. when you get to between the 40 and 45, the, the chances drop by, you know, down to 10% likelihood. And then after that, it's, you know, 5%, 3%, 1%. Can you just give me just a breakdown of what actually surrogacy involves? So in both Australia and in the Ukraine, surrogacy um, can be done when um, a woman carries a baby for you. So it, there's an embryo transfer, rather. In Australia and, again, in Ukraine, the egg couldn't be the surrogates. So even if you require a donor egg, it needs to be another woman's egg, of course. Which, which was in our scenario. So Tom's sperm and a donor egg produced an embryo and we froze those embryos and then um, both in Australia and the Ukraine, um, our surrogate went into the fertility clinic and had an embryo transferred. And did you meet her prior to this? Sasha, did you meet Sasha prior to In our surrogate in the Ukraine, yeah. we didn't meet prior to going over to Kiev before um, our little boy was born. For some family reasons um, here in Australia, we were going to go over, but we weren't actually able to. So we signed our contracts through an agency via, we gave them a power of attorney to sign our contract with Sasha. So a contract mm. was set up with Sasha. So we had seen her profile and we'd been matched with her. Um, as soon as we were matched with her, we started communicating with her on WhatsApp. This is quite surreal that you communicate. We were communicating with her in Russian because yeah. the Google Translate works better for Russian than Ukrainian. Um, she didn't speak English mm -hmm. and we communicated that way with her throughout the pregnancy until we went to Kiev three weeks before uh, Raf arrived. And, and then we had the most surreal experience of meeting her face to face. Yes, I can imagine. She was heavily pregnant. Yeah. And going back... Going back to, uh, she sounds like an amazing lady. I mean, oh, she's, we're, we're, she's just going oh, wow. to get, like, yeah. we'll explain more about her because she's just one amazing lady. Um, did, did, you know, after all those attempts and, you know, everything, did you ever feel like giving up? It's a good question. I think I don't. I don't think so because you know I. I thought, and I'm sure Katie thinks the same that you know we would get there in mm. the end. You know, you know, science is is quite powerful. Human nature is quite powerful, and um, you know things happen for a reason. And yeah, you know, we just knew that if we kept on trying, that eventually you know we would be successful mm. and have a have an amazing <laughs> wow um, baby, baby at uh, at this, wow. this little little life experience that we've been on. So. We realise that it, it didn't work out here in Australia. How did you go from Australia to internationally? D explain that and, and, then, and then we can go into how you found your surrogate and that process and the legalities. And, but how did that initial from here, Australia, overseas happen? So it was actually also, again, our amazing friend who had tried to be our surrogate here in Australia. had, mm. um, And we were already close, but you 
become particularly close when you go through a process like this with somebody. <laughs> and I actually felt disappointed that we weren't going to be continuing with her, if that makes sense. Like oh, I felt yeah. that we owed her something for two years that she spent going through this process with us. And she's such an amazing person. It would be a phenomenal connection for our child to have with her. So we've now asked her to be our child's godmother. Oh, um, that's but, a beautiful <laughs> Yeah, great. Um, but she actually told us about someone else she knew who had recently returned from Kiev with a little baby. And that's what turned us into thinking about that. So that was our su- unsuccessful attempt was July with her, with her in Australia. And then we started looking, because that's the first time I felt completely hopeless. I felt like we were at the end of the road and I had never felt like that over nine years. There was always another process we could try. But that time was like, this this is where over, it's done. And then when I started looking into Kiev, I thought, oh gosh, all I know about Kiev is... You know, chicken. Chernobyl, <laughs> Crimea. Like like, chicken, 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 <laughs> Kiev. Um, you don't get a mu- much positive news about Kiev in Australia. Um, Looking at the whole world, of all the countries you could go, why Kiev? Is there some type of legal, is it better? Is there a benefit? Yeah, there's really, there's um, Ukrainian legislation that's really clear and consistent. So we had actually looked at the US and Canada because English speaking would have been really helpful. Um, US, it's state by state. That was getting really quite complicated. In Canada, just there was some complexities there around altruistic surrogacy and commercial surrogacy as well. Yeah. So then again, coming back to Kiev, we then um, started researching Kiev, met a lot of couples who had gone through that process either um, via these private Facebook groups or some um, families through surrogacy, um, what do you call them, Not conferences that they have um, around Australia. Mm. Um, and the legislation just, um, it, it gave us a sense of confidence, even though we couldn't read any of the contracts, we had to read translations, we felt comfortable that the way it set out in their legislation that we are the parents of the child um, from the time the surrogate conceives, our names go on the Ukrainian birth certificate and then having the contract in place, we felt confident enough to take a leap of faith. Yeah, to it was a huge, huge leap wow. of faith because oh, it's just, a, wow. just an unknown at the other end of that, uh, end of that leap. Exactly. Um, and was the the finance side of it was it was there a great divide between countries? I think it was quite it was it was pretty similar yeah. uh, across you know once you you add it all up from 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 go to woe it uh you know the the end price the total price um or cost um I don't like using the word cost but you know yes, the total I understand yeah uh, spend for that journey is was comparable. And it's all in US dollars anyway, so you can't yeah. compare yeah, the US yeah, process yeah, yeah, to the yeah. Ukrainian process. So how do you find a surrogate? How do you choose, well, 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 how do you also get your sperm over there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was a, a tricky <laughs> little, little thing. <laughs> Who so does? That, it's uh, not like TNT, is it, Tom? <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, it's, Express, uh, it would be, it's uh, first-class TNT. Um, wow. Get out of town. No, yeah. no, so you can, you can fly across and, um, and make a deposit um, personally. So yep. that's, that's one way to do it, which is the... Probably the the easiest uh, way, and then the the way that we chose because of a couple of things that were happening here in Australia. We um, engaged a, there's a, a company that ships um, sperm in a cryo container yes. all around the world, and he makes trips and and ships it and makes sure that the sperm's well cared for and looked after. <laughs> this is another leap of faith. Are you shipping? 
Are you yeah. sh- shipping straight to a, like a doctor or a hospital or do you have like a, a person in Kiev that's your person that facilitates for you? It, it was an IVF clinic in Kiev, so really comparable. We went to the IVF clinic when we arrived and it, it's just like working, walking into Melbourne IVF or Monash IVF. Right. Okay, so that you've, you've got your surrogate egg, you've got... Um, Tom's sperm's been flown over first class. And <laughs> <laughs> and then the wait, I suppose. That's hard anyway, isn't it? Just that wait to see whether there's a pos- positive pregnancy. But test. how did they choose the surrogate? How did you get the surrogate? Well, we, um, our agency. agency just to, in to, Israel, um, was it? Further complicate matters. Yeah. Our agency is actually based in Israel, mm. but they have staff on the ground um, in Kiev. So they spoke excellent English. They'd um, been educated in the US. So that, that was handy, being able to speak just really clearly and simply with them. So they have a business in Kiev and they you, you talk about kind of what characteristics you'd like in a surrogate. We were pretty broad. We well, we, we had a preference of someone who had done it before. We just felt a little bit more comfortable um, with that. And we didn't, um, and this is again personal preference, we didn't want anyone that was too young. As with Australia, all surrogates in Ukraine have to have had their own children first. So that wow. they've gone through a pregnancy and that they've got their own child. And then we were, were given some profiles. I think we we're given just like a couple of profiles to start with. And then you can go through the, you get photos of. Yeah, they give um, you access to a, a database, an online database, and you can um, just scroll through. So this is, the, this is Sasha, isn't it? But not the yeah. actual egg. No, no, so we so, a, a different database for the yeah, egg donor again. Yeah. You talk yes, about there is characteristics. A, there is a there is a database that yeah. you have access to, and yeah. it's got limited info about the the person. And is the the egg donor from Kiev? Uh, or you from don't know? Ukraine. From Ukraine. Right. Yes. Yeah. This is fascinating. Yeah. So really many is. moving parts. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> if, yeah. Had we had we known about if there was more talk, talk about surrogacy maybe five years ago, there might have been a chance with my eggs because we do. We were creating embryos, mm, right? Um, but every IVF cycle I went through, I would generally only get one um, yep. viable technology embryo. wasn't so, working. And look, we've had yeah, a we so had by to, the time five years later, it was just not yeah. really worth trying with my eggs. We we have done a podcast about this very issue that you know some this, people can get seventeen eggs, you know, and they think fantastic, but actually one is okay and. Even the okay one doesn't work. So mm. it's really difficult. So then obviously Sasha uh, had the, the embryo implanted. When did you get the great news? Can you remember that? It was just before Christmas last year. So oh, wow. It, was it this time last year? Yeah. yeah. Right. It, was, it yeah. actually moved. Re- once, once it happened, it moved super quickly because we signed did with it? the agency in August, late August, and then... Obviously, the sperm had to get over to Kiev and then the egg donor donated the egg and then we created the embryos. And we actually only ended up with three viable embryos. So even I was like, oh, gosh, yet yeah. another disappointment. We were just talking about the numbers game. Yeah. And in the end, Sasha fell pregnant on the first transfer and we I honestly couldn't believe oh it. Oh, my like, God. I'm we just got tingles. We got again. an email with the result. It was actually a low HCG, a so, low, we, so, it would, yeah. so we weren't sure. So it was even though we were excited, it was you know there was a positive. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it was still a low um, rating. So we just sort of explain so it to me, just, Kat. So so when you get that's the hormone that um, yeah. shows up in the blood or in the urine that tells you can that you can say that it's um, that, that they're pregnant, but when you have a blood test, there's a there's a 
um, a level of the HCG. So you want it to increase rapidly. Mm. So you want it to be high and then increase rapidly, like within days. So if you've got it, <clears throat> excuse me, so zero, you're not pregnant and anything above zero, you've got the potential of being pregnant. But if it's low, you sort of think, mm, you know, but there's a lot of factors with that, isn't it? With the, with having that um, first blood test. Um, so, Great email. Then, then, yeah. yes. Great email. Have, you, have you framed it? <laughs> well, we, we just we just sat on it like we were honestly could not believe it. Oh, and then oh my God. We we didn't tell anyone at first, so we would just sort of look at each other sometimes and like You sat on it, Tom. Oh, oh, we've got a little gumnut. We, oh, we would refer to our, our growing little baby as little gumnut. Yeah. Yeah, it just give you goosebumps. Yeah. Can I ask a question about Sasha, if, if it's all right? Like, what's her motiv- motivation to be a, a surrogate? So she, it was commercial surrogacy. She, she was remunerated, compensated financially mm. for this. But it's, it's not just a like. A, it's not a just a transaction. Business trans- no, she, no. she is just such a Beautiful, kind, yeah. compassionate, caring woman. Look, it's hard. We've had, we've obviously had conversations with her about this fire stilted. Google Translate conversations mm. yeah. across each other. Yeah, even, even when you're sitting right beside her, <laughs> yeah. you're still um, sending her text messages. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. But it, um, it was actually shortly after we got home to Australia, she sent us a message and a photo of her two children, which we'd seen lots of photos of her two children, and she said um, in her message that thanks to us, she'd been able to buy an apartment so that her children could live with her. She was living 100 kilometres away from her kids and her kids were with her mum so she could work. So she was doing this to yeah, I mean, she the was prospects a, of her yeah. for her own children and her yeah. own family. Yeah, she was a, she was a working mum. She had a job and there's um, not many people employed over there. So she was in a, working as a, an accountant, I believe, and just just um, yeah, just wanted to care for her, her kids. I feel we really struck gold with, with Sasha. She's just – we had a really – terrific relationship there were there were times in the texting kind of before we got there that I felt sometimes oh we haven't heard from we haven't heard back and my approach to that was always well what whatever she's comfortable with and whatever she psychologically needs to do to feel comfortable throughout the process was fine with me a lot of trust Katie yeah yeah but then when you you meet each other and that bond just got stronger and stronger when we met each other in Kiev and spent quite a bit of time together even after um little Raf was born so how soon how soon do you go across yeah yeah so yeah. we our, our agency said that Sasha looks like she might deliver early uh, earlier than the 40 weeks so they said yeah probably about 38 so we decided to go in week 37 just so we could familiarize ourselves with Kiev and uh, it turned out that she was uh, 40 plus five so five days late so we had a, had an amazing time exploring Kiev for what we thought was going to be a couple of days, which turned into a couple of weeks. That and, was quite, and what is uh, it quite like? Amazing. Yeah, amazing city. Yeah. Uh, I fell, yeah, I fell in love with, with Kiev. Yeah, yeah. Good, good people. Um, yeah, it was really, really amazing. And um, then I know you, when you left, you, you actually um, thought that you may have to stay for up to three months after Raf was born. That's the, uh, that's, you, know, you talk to um, all of the, the, the government agencies in Australia, um, you know, the High Commission in London, which looks after um, citizenship and uh, emergency passports and the email correspondence you get back says, please expect that uh, the process will take uh, between three to six months. And we thought, okay, 
we need to think about what we're going to do and you know can we can we uh you know afford to stay over in kiev and um you know wait for the for, wait for basically it's just the paperwork um to be completed and submitted and approved um, before we came back so yeah we, we went over there with the expectation that we would be there for at least three months and the um, reason for that is um Babies born through surrogacy in Ukraine are not entitled to Ukrainian citizenship and Raf wasn't born with Australian citizenship. So he had to become an Australian and then we had to get a passport for him before we could actually fly him back to Australia. And that was in Warsaw, wasn't it? The, yeah, that's... Yeah. So it was assessed in... We, we sent his DNA to Canberra and then that went to... His DNA. Queensland. Just we had to like, get him to DNA match to get his yeah, so citizenship part of, by descent. Yeah, as part of the citizenship by descent, you need to prove a DNA match with one of the parents. Mm. Yeah, so that went to Queensland for assessment. They sent the results to London, who do the application for citizenship by descent, who issue the citizenship, and then the emergency passport is issued out of the um, Australian Embassy in Warsaw. So it's very complicated process across the large part of and the And Tom world. had to fly to Warsaw br- br- to yeah, pick, I it, to pick yeah. it up. Yeah. Uh, I, I was over there on official business. But Katie, uh, <laughs> I called it his two-day Katie, holiday. Katie, my two-day holiday. Three-day holiday. <laughs> away from a, uh, was it, a two-week-old two yeah, yeah. two baby. Um, yeah, so you just, you know, just another thing I talked about before, which was just the process. You, you just follow the steps. You follow the bouncing ball and, you know, hopefully it doesn't take as long as everyone expects it to. Is it like trying to pay a parking fine and you get absolutely exasperated, like you just lose your mind when you're standing in the line? I mean, you must at some stage. Well, we'd, we'd, we'd had nine years of... Um, paperwork. Paperwork and, uh, and um, bad news. Mm. And, uh, you know, we're on, a, on, on this little experience of positiveness and success and yeah. amazingness. So, you know, whatever, whatever was thrown at us, we thought, you know, at the end of all of this, we're going to have a... An amazing baby boy, and you know, it, you know, standing in a queue for however many days or weeks doesn't matter. Uh, didn't didn't affect me no. in, in the slightest. No, and, and you just need to be organised. And Tom was he project managed the paperwork and charmed mm. all of the people we needed. He was <laughs> always calm and respectful. Yeah. Like he, he yeah. never he it never quite... lost his cool with any of the the people who were just doing their jobs to process things yeah. for us. Yeah, and you know, we're not the first one going through it, and you know, you can expect that uh, other. Other couples or other other people going through it would would ha- would would um, show their frustrations, and you know that doesn't help the, yeah, we, the situation at we all. Benefited greatly from the people who came before us, and and then we tried to to kind of pay it forward by explaining the process we went through. And there is a this kind of private group of, of people who are going through this from all over the world, but a lot of Australians as well. And you just share information and support each other mm, little community, as best you it? can. Yeah. How many people? Do we have any idea in Australia, say? In one of the one of the groups that we belong to, I think there's 600 members. <gasps> wow. Globally. But it's gone, what? I think when we joined, it, it was a lot less than that, but it's just more and more people are now going down this path because there seems to be a lot of infertility in the world and yeah. people ending up. Yeah, you think you think you're on your own journey, but then when you start talking to people and sharing your experience, you found you find out that there's there's more people out there yeah. going through the same thing. A lot than, of a uh, lot of people ever imagine. Yeah, a, a lot of people coming to you, Tom and Katie. Now that, that you're talking about it, do you find that people come to you for advice or they inquire details from you? 
Uh, not people in our kind of day-to-day life. People are always just curious and their mind blown. I remember even before we left for Kiev, I had an ear infection. I was about to fly and I went to the doctor and I told her what we were going through and she was just like gobsmacked. And I know. She's like, I never met this girl. She's like, oh my yeah. God. She goes, you've made my day. That's yeah, exactly. Gobsmacked. Everyone, everyone, so, that's a great word. Is everyone is gobsmacked everyone, whenever oh, we tell them. We've exactly. had such positive um, reactions. Yeah. We've been really fortunate. Mm. We've now, also had reactions from people who just don't, aren't familiar and just so surprised and people say, oh, but who's the mother and when do you get the baby and, and those types of things, which have never offended me. I have to say, well, I'm the mother and we get our little baby when he's so born he's straight born, away. Yeah. We look after him. Yeah, of course. So and let's go to his birth. Know. Let's tell me about the, the that beautiful day. I think, yeah, it was about 5am one morning where we got one of those WhatsApp mas- messages from Sasha saying, by the way, Tom and Katie, I'm about to give birth to your child. I'm having contractions. So this is on a Saturday. They were going to induce on the Monday. On the Monday. That's so right. we were expecting yeah. Monday. It's all good, all planned. But there, we got the early Saturday morning text from her, which was in Russian. And you, know, you wake <laughs> oh, up those entire... And then you do Google Translate. And you go, oh, my God. This is, she's, she's probably just saying hi and how you're going. And um, yeah, then when I did translate it... Um, Running around the room, trying yeah, to put your clothes on. Yeah. Absolutely. It was, a, it was a mad dash. And then yeah. we got a call from the agency saying, just letting you know, she's giving birth now. Oh, via, my God. Yeah, via emergency caesarean. Oh, um, that's right. So yeah, she so was wearing an Uber. Yeah, so it was going to be a natural, but uh, the doctor... Because um, he was a big boy, wasn't he? Well, her labour started, but then wasn't progressing. She got obstructed. I, I yeah, so they yeah. had to... The explanation from to us was that, yeah, that her cervix wasn't opening and so they yep. needed to. Um, and she had delivered twins naturally mm. years prior. She is, as I said, an amazing woman. Yeah, so we're in an Uber going to the hospital and the further you get out of oh my the God. city of Kiev, it, yeah. you're, still in the, you're still in the district of Kiev, but it gets less Parisian and more, as you'd um, more our expectations yeah. of the Soviet yes. looking. And we turned up at the hospital at, at 6am on a Saturday morning and a lot of the nurses had come off like 12 or 24 hour shifts and they didn't speak English and we just started looking around. Agency wasn't there yet. They're, they're on their way as well in, a, in an Uber or, or a taxi. I've so. got heart palpitations. All oh, I can yeah. think of is like... <laughs> as did we. Yeah, oh just my God. up to this foyer of this hospital. And they wouldn't let us into the hospital. They, they didn't wouldn't know let who us we were. in. And oh, you have to be fully, like you've got the little... Sasha, Sasha, baby, baby. That didn't mean anything. That's hilarious, Sasha, Sasha, yeah. rocking the baby, like yeah. anything sign language. Yeah. The, yeah. the most, I really have my heart in my mouth when the professor who we had actually met at a scan a few days prior, he came out into the foyer. This is just before our, our agency walked through the door. And he just looked, he was, um, I'd say he would have been in his 50s, a Ukrainian man, and um, he didn't look positive or happy. So oh, I was just That's not terrified great, oh, that no. something yeah, had happened neutral, to the baby or to Sasha yeah. or to both of them. And it's like, oh, God. what's happening? And the funniest thing that really broke the ice was I said to agency when they did arrive, what's going on? And he goes, oh, everything's fine. He wouldn't be joking around like that if there were any problems. And like, that was joking, was it? Joking. His, neutral, his neutral oh. face was him joking around. Oh, yeah. little character oh. that he is. Yeah. Good old Boris. Yeah. <laughs> So that so, kind of lightened the mood for a minute. Oh, and then oh for they, a half a minute. Jeez. Yep. And then they wheeled our little baby and we're like, nine years in the waiting. Yeah. Nine years in the waiting. What can you tell us, Tom, about that moment? What did you, did you think he looked like you? 
Uh, yeah, ab- absolutely. You know, as soon as as soon as you see him, he, um, he, he had the same haircut. had the same haircut as me. <laughs> <laughs> Had the same uh, same dimple in his chin as he me. Does, so, he you know, does. Straight yeah, we, we straight had, away. We had no worries about the DNA match yeah. coming he's back so with, like it, Tom. with his, yeah. his yeah. dimple in his chin. And what yeah. about what, what about for you, Katie? So, I mean, same, same, but was there anything that you remember at that moment after nine years after all the Oh, my God, just cuddling him and mm. just it was amazing and seeing Sasha afterwards was amazing. But I remember at one point after all the cuddle and then, then they come in and they're checking him over and doing all that sort of stuff and, and the nurses had put him back down in his capsule. So we, he was with us from the moment they wheeled him into us. We stayed in the hospital in a room with him and Sasha was in a room next to us. And oh, nice. But I remember at one point they'd put him back in and we were kind of like looking at each other. It was like about 7.30 in the morning by this stage. We're like, what do we do? I'm like, can I pick him up? Can I pick him oh. up? I looked at Tom. I'm like, oh, he's my baby. He's all yours. Who do we ask if we can pick him up and cuddling oh. him again? That's so, that's so sweet. That's amazing. And um, how was Sasha? Well, because she'd had the cesarean. It was obviously... Um, yeah. A bit of a challenge. And she hadn't there, had a Caesar before. It's pretty tough. No, that she first had, day. Um, yeah, but she, oh God, she's so amazing. She's um, amazing. She had agreed to provide breast milk for us, yeah. which was just the most amazing just thing. Just another the, gift. The, like, yeah, such a special gift. thing, a start for Raffi in life. Because that's um, not part of the, not as a, like the, the, the contract. That's not that. a standard thing. No, it's no, not we a just, standard We thing. just asked the question and we yeah. said, even if, like, and you, you agree it kind of in the contract, but we were very conscious about saying look change your mind at any time it's whatever suits you yeah. like if you if you still feel like doing it after birth that's fine we'll be just grateful yes but no pressure whatsoever but she she did so she was recovering in the room next to us and would um provide milk and then we would top up with a tiny bit of formula nice um, yeah and then she actually offered to keep providing milk after we were discharged after mm. three days and we rented her an apartment in Kiev and she spent another 10 days um, in Kiev providing milk for us, which then and when she... A, yeah, that's amazing in itself. But then, then you find out that she's, you know, her kids aren't with her and, you know, she's yeah. been away for so long and yet she's still willing to give and help us out while the kids are um, in her hometown, maybe four or five hours away. She did it with such care and, and compassion. Grace, yeah. And mm. I, even the day she left Kiev, she, she was around at our apartment and we went out for lunch and we're saying goodbye and and oh. we said, oh, what would you like for lunch? And she ordered coffee and she said, that's the first coffee I've had since I found out I was pregnant. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh. And she, wouldn't, she didn't want to take a Panadol one day when she was sore. I'm like, take the Panadol. It's yes. all right. She's yes. like, oh, but I'm providing I'm the breast, breast milk. Yeah. Like oh. she was really... Really conscious of that, con- looking yeah. after him. She was really if you and Tom go back to the, the beginning of this process and people listening, if they were curious about this, we know now how amazing Sasha is, but what would have been your concerns? Do you remember the concerns you kind of might have had in the beginning about a relationship with a surrogate? Um, I think our concerns were kind of, well, maybe somewhat rational. I was going to say rational. It, it, it's just thinking and... and some people have these reactions when you, we told them eventually that we were expecting a baby in Kiev. They're like, oh, it might be a scam. There might not be yeah, a baby in the end of, the, of it. You're always conscious of the money side yeah, of it. Yeah, people are really tied up in, oh, you've just been taken for a ride. What if she keeps the, wants to keep the baby? But you just sort of had to put that aside. And then also, uh, um, I think I mentioned before that sometimes we would send a text and you wouldn't hear anything back and you felt, oh, maybe she doesn't really want to communicate with us and hope that she genuinely really does feel comfortable about doing this. But 
all of those fears were allayed once we met her, but it was just quite stilted, weird conversation in the lead up. And, and all of the updates we got were actually from the agency. I know some other um, couples who are going through this have said that their surrogate has sent them a photo of a, um, a positive urine pregnancy test before they go in for the blood test. But Sasha was like, well, we communicate through the agency to start with. But then, yeah, during the pregnancy, she also said things like, after we found out that we were having a boy, she said that she felt the same as she had with her son's pregnancy. Mm. So she had sort of thought it was a boy, but she didn't kind of tell us any of that stuff mm. up front. Mm. Incredible, um, isn't amazing. it? Amazing. Yeah, all of those, those fears. Yeah, because when we tried with our friend in Australia, obviously it would have been a very different relationship to having an overseas surrogate who speaks a different language. But it was, it would have been nice to have had that proximity and that closeness. Yeah, of course. But at the end of the day, the most important thing to me was her well-being. She already had two children. Our baby wasn't born yet. So there were two children with a mother and we just, I was anxious about her health and well-being. I'm like, mm. those kids need a mum. And then once Rafi was born, I was like, okay, now we've also got this baby. And then you just want Sasha to recover from the Caesar. Do you keep in contact with her? Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah weekly. You know, she just sent through some photos. And yeah, that's how we know it's yeah, knee deep in snow at the moment. <laughs> oh. So yeah, we're going we're gonna to maintain, you know, the relationship as as much as she she wants to. And really and important for Raf, you know. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's, open, yeah, you know, it's an open it's an open book. You know, yeah. Raf, Raf will know everything about of everything. Course. Yeah. Yeah. What advice would you give to other fam? Like after your ten years of everything you've done, what, what would you both say to people who are going down this track? Um, keep going. Good just, luck. Just, just, keep, just keep doing yeah. it. Know, know that there are opportunities and avenues out there. And I think as Katie mentioned earlier, um, you know, if we hadn't known about this uh, path many years ago, uh, we would have jumped on it straight away, knowing what we know now. Um, we would, have, we would have done this, you know, five, six, seven years ago, mm. definitely. And I think we've spoken to other couples who have also gone through a lot of IVF and, and even couples from other countries where, um, like Australia, IVF is, seems to be quite um, a lot more advanced than even places like um, England. But IVF in Australia, it's a science and it's health, but it is also a business. And I think... In retrospect, we had an amazing specialist who did keep trying different things in the end. But some of our early cycles, it was, I think it's just a numbers game and they keep doing the same thing mm. and getting the same negative result. And it's a really expensive process. And Very we were fortunate, expensive. all of our, like pretty much my income was, was going to our fertility treatments and we were able to do that. We um, were in an extremely fortunate position where we didn't have to wait each time that we wanted to go. But it's, it's also not the cheap. Also, we also go had, to surrogacy, it's not yeah, we also cheap, had, so. had support from, you know, from our parents yeah. you know, financially as well. So, yeah. But it takes a toll on your body and it just wears you out yeah. and all the side and effects. And you know, you know it is you know, a miracle, you know, they say a miracle of life because, you know, of all the things that, that can go wrong and with the mismatches in blood types and mm-hmm. um, things like that, it's, you know, it is a miracle. Yeah. This Look, has been amazing. the most inspiring, I inspiring I, I'm story. So, so happy for both of you, knowing you before, you. briefly yeah. before Thanks. you had Rafi and, 
and thinking about you every day while you're over there. And um, yes, your texts and your book were yeah, I was invaluable gonna, I was support say, as yeah. well. Talk about support networks. Yeah. It goes beyond your friends. Knowing, knowing what, what the support is and all the counselling, you know, the, the, the thing that was most amazing was, you know, what to do in those first six weeks. Yeah. So oh, you know, yeah. that, that book of yours was... Uh, Bath your baby at 10, bath <laughs> your baby well. And as, as incompetent as we were at rapping when we tried it um, with Bridie, uh, we became pros within about 40, 20 hours. You just hours. get there, don't you? It's <laughs> just, you just, you just do it. So do it. Much. You I just think the, do key, it. the key is as well is just to read one book. Yes. Oh, yeah, God. Rather you than the hundreds so and hundreds of, of textbooks that, yeah. uh, that are littered throughout Confuse our house. You. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's just because it's different. Everyone's got different a different way of doing things. Different exactly. Ways. Yeah. And, you know, I just chose one way, or we chose one way, and um, that's what we're we're going to continue to do. So yeah, that was great. Fantastic. So thank you, Kath. Oh well, well, thank you too. It was it's been well, you know, we'll always keep in contact. But it was it was such a great day meeting you. I was like, I, I was gobsmacked. I'm like, and as I said earlier. I'm never lost for words, but I was lost for words. I'm like, <laughs> wow, this is just fantastic. And I'm so proud of you both of, of, you know, hanging in there and just going, you know, and going to Kiev and, you know, and just Sasha and, and just the whole story is really, really fantastic. And thank you for, for sharing everything because with these podcasts, if, if they just help one person, I think, We've helped someone, you know. As you said earlier, there's not a lot of information out there. I have, it's just floored me. It's been fascinating. Yeah. Thank you so much again. It was really, it was just so great. I've learned more myself today and um, it's a journey of love and it's a journey of courage and and it's just a journey, you know, just to, of strength too, for both of you, you know, to get through and, um, and you're both so strong together, which is great. You know, you're really positive and strong. So thank you. This has been Birth, Baby and Beyond with midwife Kath Curtin. Birth, Baby and Beyond is recorded in the studios of Podcast One Melbourne, Australia. Executive producer is Brooke Carrigan. Audio production by Darcy Thompson and music by Matt Nikolic. For more episodes, head to podcastone.com.au or download the Podcast One app.